Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome to the Men Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. This is your temporary substitute host, Robert Koshy, subbing in for the director, Bill Cox, as he is on family vacation. Part of being a man is creating properly, and so we highly encourage that. Bill is up in the great white north of Michigan slash Wisconsin. So he is that's up how, there that's now. That's how we refer to the north in Texas. It's just <laughs> Michigan. Anywhere else, it's anywhere. North of Dallas is north. That's right. <laughs> Pretty much. So, and we are, this is podcast number 213. We are very excited. We are starting a new study in First Chronicles, First and Second Chronicles, actually, on Solomon and no ordinary kind of wisdom. And so this is going to be a, rather unique difference for us because this is something that we've done several times we've talked about david now we're going to kind of continue into solomon and i'm kind of looking forward to it because this is going to be the 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 triad of kings now for us because we did a whole series of lessons on saul we've done david at this point more times than i can count and now mm. we're going to do Solomon. So, so we're completing the triad of kings with the first three kings of Israel mm. and Judah. And so this is going to be really interesting for us. So, And we are glad you are here at Sugarland Baptist Church in the Man Up studio. So going to run around the panel and tell you who we've got with us today. Steve Titch, our policy writer and professional gambler, is here. Hey, hey Steve. <laughs> Mr. Pink or the class deacon Kyle Trahan. This is raspberry. Oh, he's wearing raspberry. I was going to say a a burgundy. (laughs) He's still has a kind of burgundy. It's a dark dark pink. It's a dark pink. (laughs) And our retired prosecutor attorney, Michael Cropper, the judge, is here with us today. And so, Steve, you want to go? Well, actually, Mike, why don't you set us up with our big history piece? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to mulligan here. All right. Well, real quick, folks. um, Steve, uh, Robert has introduced us, told us about the book we're going to be looking at. And um, the first two lessons, the book itself is on Solomon, supposedly. Uh, (laughs) I love Solomon. (laughs) I love advice he gives in Proverbs. Uh, the man is brilliant. As you all know, he's possibly the richest man that's ever lived. Um, Solomon is a product. He's about 10 or 12 down the line. Usually the first person who is made king in, back in the uh, empires and kingdom in the Old Testament times was the oldest son. Now, folks, if you remember, as, as, as Robert has stated, and we've, we've talked about David and Bathsheba many, many times, uh, David, and, David marries Bathsheba. After Uriah is put to death, uh, which doesn't make God real happy either. So they lose their first son. She is pregnant. She loses the son. Her second son is named Solomon. And God is a very, very forgiving, merciful, merciful God. I, I don't know how he could do it, but he does. He forgives David completely. And he apparently has a great love for Bathsheba. And he loves Solomon tremendously. He tells David right off, I love Solomon. 
and I will be to him a God and he will be to his son if, if you make him king because I prefer Solomon to be king one day. So whatever down the number down the line we have is, is Solomon. And now, okay, David has been king for 40 years approximately. He's been sick. He's been in bed. And more than likely, he's not been sitting on the throne for a while. And Adonijah decides he wants to take over as king. And he wants to, to create a coup, whatever. He's number four son. And he does, in fact, gets a group of people, including Joab, David's former commander, and uh, I think Abiathar, one of the priests, and he goes and he sacrifices a lot of animals uh, to, to God or, or however he, whoever he sacrifices them to. But he's trying to do this because he knows his, his, his father is a very godly man. And the way you get to David's heart is through serving God or honoring God. So he sacrificed a lot of animals. And then they have a great celebration. He has a great following behind him and says, I am king. And they say, okay, you're king, you're king, you're king. And the word gets back to David and to Bathsheba and Nathan the prophet. And they come to David and say, did you know that your son Adonijah is now king? He's made himself king. And David said, no, that's not going to happen. And Bathsheba made him promise to, take, to put Solomon on the throne or reminded him that he had said that. And so David gets up and calls in Nathan, Benaiah, his, his chief bodyguard, whatever, and, and a number of others, and they declare that Solomon is king. Okay? Now, where we're going with this, Steve and, and Robert asked me about this. We, we didn't really p- prepare this, but what I was joking earlier is that, that Solomon is put on the throne very quickly. There is not the usual celebration, the hoopla, the great, great, great party, maybe for a week or two weeks, uh, they put him on the throne immediately, and he takes over David's position. Now, sometime after this, then David, the book picks up on lesson one. After Solomon takes over king and sits on the throne and takes care of some immediate business, including Adonijah and a number of the people that followed him, um, David calls all the leaders of Israel together. He calls to make an, a formal announcement about Solomon being king. And he calls him in, and that's what our first lesson is going to be about, and I don't want to spoil that, mm-hmm. but that's where we're getting started today. Uh, anyway, folks, we'll go on from there. Mm-hmm. Yes. There. Um, yeah, I'm glad I get to follow a historian. You know, that's always fun. <laughs> 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 even, even if I don't read the lesson. Even if I don't read the lesson. You know, I, I can follow a historian like Mike or, you know, half of you other guys uh, is, is an excellent, uh, excellent way to, you know, just put me on the spot. Because, um, no, this, uh, the, the couple of lessons we're looking at here um, revolve around the temple that David wanted to build. Um, he was at the end of his tenure, and this was his crowning glory. This is his legacy, if you will. And this is what he's going to leave behind that everyone, everywhere will see what I have done. And that's maybe where his downfall was of not being allowed to complete that task is David was a man after God's own heart, but he did wrong. 
And this was his punishment, amongst other things that he, you know, had to deal with throughout his life. But this was the final one that God said no. And he had to man up in that situation and say, okay, God has told me that this is not my thing. Mm -hmm. And I have to accept it. And I have to... I mean, what am it, I going to do if I don't accept it? Right? Well, right, but <laughs> right. What, what was it? Uh, right. You know, pass the torch <laughs> in the yeah. second one, and he had to be able to man up and pass the torch to his son so that his son could complete what God had ordained to begin with. All right, and Mr. Steve. It's in, we, what we have here, really, though, is an example of a good handoff. Um. In some ways, David prepared uh, everything for Solomon. Uh, he accepted the fact he was not going to build the temple, and he did get a good reason for it. I mean, that's part of this was God says no. Unlike many times for us, David got a pretty good answer as to why the answer was no, and he got a promise that uh, that he his didn't son need would, many would answers that his son would carry on the work. And then he then he, he prepares that, and then we look at at um, Solomon beginning to move forward with this rather enormous task that would be daunting for any young man. And so, I think we have here is a good example as to how to pass the torch, how to finish out your work and transition it so it continues. And the the kind of the the man side of this is that. Well, <laughs> Bill isn't here, but if he was, he would have four out of five of us here close to retirement. Uh, I'd say three of us are in retirement. <laughs> um, Robert is close, and, you know, and... and I'm uh, never retiring. Kyle has, Kyle is, <laughs> I'm, never I'm going retiring. to the consulting world, uh, yeah, so... Um, yes, we're... Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, we'll, we'll, get into, we'll get into this whole idea of of uh, preparing a sound transition in, in the many fa fa um, facets of our lives. Steve, why don't you tell us where passing the torch phrase is from? Oh, well, now that the Olympics are starting, apparently, as of at least now, the date we're recording this, um, the, the Olympics will be, when this drops, the Olympics will be away a few days away. Uh, yes, it was a... Uh, the, the author close. titled this Passing the Torch. Mm -hmm. This does not come from Scripture. Or us. Um, I know that <laughs> now unless you get, you, get, you get into Paul. I like Paul gets a lot of, as he, 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 was, he was definitely into sports because he makes a lot of uh, running analogies in there, mm -hmm. but I digress. But Passing the Torch is the torch relay goes back mm -hmm. to ancient Greece. Uh, still still not, not quite as far back as Solomon. I just want to make it be clear this was the... The author of the study's own title, not not yeah. Solomon's. But yeah, you pass the torch in the torch relay. They still do that today. They did not do it this particular Olympiad because of COVID and the pandemic. But mm. everybody knows it, and they you know they start it by blasting mm. a laser or something down from Mount Olympus, and it's a it's a solar trip. it's a mm. solar lighting using mm -hmm. um, stuff from I think the goddess of if I remember correctly, it's her temple. They're mm -hmm. in Athens, and they ride it, they light it, and then mm -hmm. it is run relayed. Except for like when it's going across the ocean, and like I know one year the U.S. flew an F-16 fighter jet that carried the mm -hmm. torch for us 
to the U.S. I'm an Olympic nerd. I was a swimmer okay, in high school. So oh, I, I, I figured I, it was a guy down there I, with a big lighter. Click, click, click. I will be the guy who is up at 3 a.m. watching water polo. I'm oh, just telling oh, you right no now. Wow. Oh, yeah. I'm, I played water polo in high school, and so I get the it, – it's kind of like the guys that watch – okay, maybe Steve, but none of us are really that familiar with hockey except maybe Steve – I can't watch hockey because I don't understand really that much of what's going on. Most people are like that with water polo. I know why they do power plays, how you set up, yeah, the wings, why they do the crossing pattern. You're just solidifying you're a nerd. Uh, pretty much. I freely admit it. And and I, my, for my summary, I'm just going to refer our listeners back to, if you want to find out a little bit more about David and Bathsheba, go listen to podcast 110, 111, and the mm-hmm. show that dropped this past week, our live show, 212. Mm-hmm. And you can find a little bit more about that. And then if you really want the background as to why David and the whole story of David building the temple and then being told no, which I think is a great story because it's basically <laughs> David goes up to Nathan the prophet and says, I build a house for me. I want to build a temple for God. And Nathan goes, Great idea, King. Get started. <laughs> then he comes back the next day and goes, um, yeah, about that? <laughs> I checked in with the boss. <laughs> boss <laughs> gave me a vision. God said no. Um, but like you guys said, he didn't. But go listen to 108 because we really talked about that because there was a lot to that because that was also – that kind of started the precipitation of David's quote-unquote downfall. Not really a downfall, but – a change in his life because mm-hmm. it was literally the first time God had told him no. And so that kind of preceded the story of David and Bathsheba. Should and so I just want to coming. Though. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, but I would just encourage our listeners, go, go listen to those podcasts, kind of get that out and get that. And I'm going to, with that, I'm going to go ahead and read first Chronicles 28, one through 10. Now David assembled at Jerusalem all the leaders of Israel, the the officers of the tribes and the captains of the divisions who served the king, the captains over thousands and captains over hundreds, and the stewards over all the substance and possessions of the king and his sons, with the officials, the valiant men, and all the mighty men of valor. Then King David rose to his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people. I had it in my heart to build a house of rest for the Ark of the Covenant, of the Lord and for the footstool of our God, and he had made preparations to build it. But God said to me, You shall not build a house for my name, because you have been a man of war and have shed blood. However, the Lord God of Israel chose me above all the house of my fathers to be king over Israel forever. For he has chosen Judah to be the ruler, and the house of Judah, the house of my father, and among the sons of my father, he was pleased with me to make me king over all Israel. And all of my sons, for the Lord has given me many sons. He has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. Now he said to me, it is your son Solomon who shall build my house and my courts. For I have chosen him to be my son and I will be his father. Moreover, I will establish his kingdom forever. And he is steadfast to observe my commandments and my judgments as it is this day. Now, therefore, in the sight of all Israel, the assembly of the Lord, In the hearing of our God, be careful to seek out all the commandments of the Lord your God, that you may possess this good land and leave it as an inheritance for your children after you forever. 
As for you, my son Solomon, know the Lord, the God of your father, and serve him with a loyal heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. And I, I Robert, real yeah, quick, go right ahead, there. Mike. On, on the scripture you read, um, David stands up and tells all these people, God told me, no, I didn't get to build the temple, just like yep. you said, right? right? And then he says, but he's, he real quickly comes back and justifies himself. God still loves me. <laughs> do you know why right he says because he chose me out of all my family he chose our uh a tribe the tribe of judah right to take over of saul's family and the tribe of benjamin and we're gonna in, we're gonna inherit the kingdom so so he still loves me even well, though you may wonder also, why he told me no. he's also trying to justify that he right. he said he was going to do it or, you know, I wanted to do this. I, I'm going, God's appointed me, and now I can't. There's some, there's some so great now he's got psychology at work here. Yes. Uh, because he is, you're absolutely right, Michael. He's also, but he's also also trying to pave the way for Solomon and say yeah. God chose Solomon. It's a very public endorsement. It's a, it, this, is, this is something that's in Chronicles, but not in First Kings. Yes. First Kings has the uh, Dodge, all of that. That coup mm-hmm. going it, on, it, that attempted it's got coup. The, it's not a coup. It, it was a legitimate attempt at the throne. Mm-hmm. Of course, Joab got the bad end of that because he got yeah. killed in Finally, the ar- he was, got mm-hmm. killed in the uh, t- in the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so so, but but what I what I'm getting at is yeah, it's interesting. There's there's a lot of self justification yes. there, along with the. Uh, I know I'm not going to do it. Is it? Is it? I'm, I'll kick it back. Is it a little bit of false humility here? Right. <laughs> right. No, I don't see any false humility at all. I see pride. A little bit of pride. Uh, yeah. I honestly think, and and but, y'all tell me, I think some of it is also trying to to make sure that everyone knows Solomon is the guy. Yes, that that there is no more of this. Yes, Adon, Adonai and Joab. And no, this is God's mm-hmm. chosen. Which we can kind of talk of the irony of that because Solomon's mother is who? Bathsheba. Yeah, <laughs> which I always find she she will be highly mm-hmm. she will be referred to this this weekend in our youth lesson as um, the Solomon. Whose mother had been Uriah's wife? <laughs> yes, that's correct. And, and, but yeah, but let, yeah, the, yeah, the idea of that here, he's setting the stage. He's you. You look out in the modern business world, and this sort of thing is fairly rare. Um, Bezos seems to be doing a good job with his new guy, um, but you you think back to when. Jobs was Steve Jobs was first ousted from Apple, and that was messy. Um, and and how often you know? And those are bi- those because that was a big company and a big, big news. Big co- and it was it was of course very, a, a very public and and covered on the front page on the front pages of the newspaper, not just the back, not not just the business page. But we we've kind of had maybe if you if you worked around in business enough. You've seen some bad successions. Um, 
when the boss holds on too long. That's you know, well, when, and or or mm. or deliberately, and the worst, probably the worst case is they deliberately sabotage the successor. Um, I worked for a little company called AIG, <laughs> and uh, I can tell you how many Hank <laughs> Greenberg overstayed his welcome mm-hmm. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Although it was really yeah. funny because Hank was the only one that understood AIG. <laughs> we found out, but but yeah, I, and 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 it succession plan is one of those big things. And 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 let's take it down to a personal level. What do you guys think? How do men plan for that succession and transition? And and I mean, Kyle, you know, you're building your business. Mike, you just retired this yeah. year, past year. Yeah. Steve, you retired within the past year. Bill is semi, you know, and, and I've actually got a spreadsheet that tells me when I can quit working for yeah. a company. Yeah. No, notice I didn't say retire. I said quit working for a company, you know. And so I'm going to do that for a little bit. And then that'll let me kind of do that. Yes, Kyle, I'm proving I'm a nerd again. <laughs> Cause that, but, but, it, but how do we as men prepare for those transitions? As we well, the, the one thing for sure. Half of us don't. Yeah, one thing for sure is, is you leave when you're in good standing. David almost blew it again, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Absalom was going to come after and probably kill him. Had Absalom been, uh, had, had, had he came after David in time and done the right strategic moves militarily, he would have killed David and his family and been the king, right? Adonijah's moving at it again. We don't know how far Adonijah would have gone uh, had they not come and told David that Adonijah was taken over king. The Lord spared him again. Because Adonijah could have came and overrun. He had enough people with him. He could have came and attacked uh, the fortress, wherever David was staying. And I was thinking that, that because I left in December. I retired in December. And I've always heard, leave when you're in good standing. Right, guys? It's, it's always it's the height of good manners to know when to leave. Yes. <laughs> like, if you're unsure, leave. <laughs> Don't throw a stink bomb in the bathroom <laughs> as you're walking out or anything. Leave on a good Unless note. Unless you know you won't get caught. But <laughs> Michael? But no. no I, I, to me, I, I believe it was in good standing. I was congratulating everything. and um, uh, So you don't stay around and hang too long if you're not sure. Leave while you're still in good standing and while they would welcome you back. I guess that would be the question. And here, like I said, David almost did that with Solomon. Uh, he almost got in trouble because he stayed too long the king and he was sick and he should have appointed Solomon long before Adonijah started making a move to take over the kingdom. Uh, David should have known better, especially after it happened with Absalom. It happened twice and God was good enough to spare him. So that, so that may have actually been his minor fault as David's last big fault was is. He, he almost waited too long to name who his successor was going to be, and then it was going to be. Yeah, he could have died from being sick, right? Yeah, Because yeah, he, yeah. he was in well, the deathbed. Well, the I mean, story is they hired sick. a concubine to come sl- sl- truly sleep with him, not mm-hmm. sleep with him in the biblical mm-hmm. sense, but basically to snuggle up to him to keep him warm because <laughs> he was getting old mm-hmm. and he was getting cold all the time. And, you know, that was, yeah, he was very... The fact that he had enough strength that Chronicles gives us, I think this is that final, I've got enough strength to stand up and make one more good speech moment for David. Right. And with that, let's go ahead and take our first break. 
And this is Men Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 213. We will be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 213. Robert Koshy substituting for our director, Bill Cox, who is enjoying his family vacation. And we are discussing kind of David's passing to Solomon of the Torch as he moves from one to the other. And earlier we read First Chronicles 28, 20, uh, 28, 1 through 10, where David basically stands up and addresses basically the leadership in the imperial court and says, Solomon is the guy. I was going to build God's house, but I'm not going to. But Solomon is, and Solomon is the man. Now we're going to look at, David actually had some words for Solomon here as well. And they are listed here in First Chronicles chapter 28, 20 through 21. And I'm going to read that. And David said to his son Solomon, Be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Here are the divisions of the priests and the Levites for all the service of the house of God, and every willing craftsman will be with you for, for all manner of workmanship, for every kind of service. Also, the leaders and all the people will be completely at your command. And I just want to throw this out super quick. So you heard me read the, the word Lord and mm-hmm. the word God there. And all those people would talk about when there were two sources and they merged them together, blah, 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 all that critical Bible thing they talk about. Mm-hmm. The word Lord used here is the word Adonai. The word God that is used here is Elohim. And this is there are a few occasions where Adonai Elohim is used at the same time. This is one of those occasions. And so defi- okay, tell together. us what Adonai means and, and <laughs> Elohim. Lord and then God. Adonai, both those, both those are the Hebrews. Oh. <laughs> I know, but that's what they mean. <laughs> that's what they mean. They're the two of the names of God. Didn't expect that. That, that were used. <laughs> yeah. And, but, and, and this is interesting because, so first we saw that I'm thinking David set up Solomon, and now he's talking to Solomon. And so let, let's kind of talk about how do, how do men, you guys, how do men pass the torch to the next? Now, we talked before about knowing when to give it up. Right. Now you're giving it up. How do you pass the torch? With, what do you say? Well, I think here you have a, a good outline. He basically says, this is a big job, but I think you can handle it. And he really, he, I, he's almost, he pretty much says, if I didn't think you could handle it, I wouldn't have given it to you. 
I don't um, think he had a choice. Well, no, no, he had a lot of sons. No, no. <laughs> that was, I was going to ask that earlier. He had a lot. Of, went to the next one. He had a Go, lot of sons. He, oh, he, he, tend, he tended to favor Solomon. He took his time. No, yes, God favored Solomon. Fast. We don't know because he said right in front of all the people, he says, God has chosen right, Solomon God to be chosen. king. So he, he didn't he, say he I did. He, he gets, said God you're, did. You're, so you're the absolutely question right. I stand yeah. corrected. But, but he tells Solomon that. Too. No, I, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't. <laughs> he's he's he tells Solomon that which, uh, which so not only do I David says not only do I think you're you're capable, you know, Lord God thinks you are, yeah. and David doesn't just say, "Hey, I'm right behind you, kid." He says, and and we can talk about this. Here are the plans. <laughs> so so, well, so and, we and find out that David did do a, like a lot of thinking about this. Right. I, I didn't and, read and that. he gives and he <laughs> says, here and you and you're lay the, the, the court, all those laborers, all those, you know, builders, uh, architects are all at your disposal, at your command. Uh, so um, so he's op- in the beginning he openly publicly says, This is the guy. And then ascertains that. So what he I, he's he, I guess we can talk about this. He certainly gives him the project in good condition. He gives him the budget, the money, the plans. Even then, I'll throw out his. Is he still micromanaging this thing oh, from beyond okay. the grave? Well, I, now? I got a question. Or will he be? <laughs> I got a question for you. Suppose, suppose, Steve, you pass a warehouse with materials. People, mm-hmm. labor, uh, everything to build a huge ship, a ship, okay, mm-hmm. to me. And you say, Mike, here, build a ship. But you haven't taught me what to do or how to lead. That would be like throwing a watch at me that's in 100,000 oh. parts. So my question is getting at this. When, when I left the city, I was number two with mm-hmm. the, the prosecutor's office, and I had to train people. I had mm-hmm. to teach them and show them what to do and see if they could do it. Actually, literally mm-hmm. watch them do it. Uh, so, so we're le- we're left here kind of with a blank. Whether David gave Psalm the opportunity to do projects and stuff and prove himself that he could do it. So the question there, if he didn't do it, obviously he gave him the counselor's right to advise him on how to do it. But when when you do pass the torch, you've got to make sure the person receiving it can do what you're passing it to him here. And it, right here, it doesn't look like that at well, all. Well, go ahead. I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm, <laughs> you've got, Robert's about to Robert's say something. A, Robert's already, already, all right, so. Here comes a church answer. But God knew that he could do it. Well, but, oh, and no. David now, seems now to have divined that some way. Okay. <laughs> what, the question is, <laughs> all right, but, yeah. Yeah. so no, Solomon great. was 18 to 20, we think, in this time mm-hmm. frame. So, Good. I was. That was one of the questions. Yeah, I, yeah. I was curious. Yeah. 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 If I remember correctly, he was eighteen to twenty, and I will look it up for next week, just so everybody mm-hmm. knows. Wow. But he's young. Yeah, he was young, but he had been around, and w- let's be honest. For all the drama about Bathsheba, she ended up being the favorite wife. She yeah. she really did. She did. At the end of the day, she ended up being the favorite wife. So. Did she groom him? Because she, the, the story is that we didn't read in First Kings is that he basically did run in there and go. She went into David and said, do you know what your son Adonai has done? <laughs> yeah. 
You know, you told me that my son was going to get to be king. You know, and right. so did Bathsheba groom him? But oh, I, I tend to agree with Steve on this. <laughs> it it is kind of David micromanaging this to an extent because David put the project plan together, got the budget, got the materials. <laughs> And handed you the blueprint. Said, "Build this." Basically, yeah. This is what so, God said so, to build. So do this. So is he the Zack Snyder of this of oh. this project? And, and, and should and was 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 David the Zack Snyder and Solomon the Joss Whedon? And now do we want to see? Do we want to see the David cut of the tale? I, I think it was more David was Kevin Feige. Oh, and and. Pick your Marvel director oh. <laughs> to be Solomon. Well, we're but Brutal. now we just totally nerded out. So, but but the the, the question I think is, and you know, Kyle, your dad was a builder, right? Yep. Could you take a blueprint and all the craftsmen and all the materials and get a house built? Oh God, no. <laughs> Why not? Because I didn't pay enough attention. Ha. So, I could. You yes, could. he could. I worked off blueprints for ten, eight or ten years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Doing building cabinet stuff. Okay. But, uh, so, it's I I could I could probably do I could probably get the house built because I know how to direct people enough. Okay. You know, and he did teach me that. But could I look at that blueprints like Michael can? Yeah. But I can look at that blueprints and picture in my head what the, the final thing is but, supposed to yeah, be, but, and I could mm-hmm. double check people's work. Okay. I could stick okay. a level this on is, something and tell you thing. if it's plumb. So- Solomon and even David to some extent. Solomon's the CEO here. He's he's got and I think that's why we get all these this about all the all the laborers and and chieftains and foremen being at his at his disposal. Um, really it's Solomon's job to manage this and and to make sure the to make sure the you know it stays <laughs> the all the stays on budget, all the all the stuff you know you hate about being a manager, uh, but he's he's got to be he's got to be leaving it to his experts to make the final call on this and you know to tell him about it. But so he he's at the top, um, essentially the manager of this and that. But but winding back to what you're saying, that takes a degree of talent too. Um, he may he may he may be totally inept at at putting two pieces of wood together. But he doesn't have to be. What he has to do is be able to literally, to, to basically to kick yeah. butt and be yeah. that. Yeah. Now let's get into that. Be that force of personality. Here's the here's the thing that we should talk about. David was definitely a force of personality. Oh, David um, was. Nobody. You know, yeah, this this was the guy. Yeah. And yeah. now you've got, um, you know, you've got. If you want, to, if you want to get analogous, you've got, you. you You've got the possibility of Solomon being a John Major to David's Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> for those for those of you over in the UK listening to us, um, now it's evidently it doesn't turn out that way. But there's um, there's this whole idea of if him having to be his own man. Solomon has to bring a force of personality to this to get this project done, to get people to pay attention to him, to get these people at his disposal to work for him. Well, and that. And what we're going to see, I think, as we move through this with Solomon is at the beginning, and I am going to phrase it that way, because mm-hmm. there's some stuff at the back end of Solomon's mm-hmm. life. I just shake my head and go, why? 
But at the beginning, I think Solomon knew what he needed. And he knew what he needed to do and how he needed to do it. And I think that was the piece. So with that, we're going to take our second break. This is podcast number 213, Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Facebook, under Man Up, and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com app. They're not pastors, but they're very reliable, regular guys, and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast. So for the Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men, contact Man Up at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the podcast and fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is podcast number 213, Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. We are studying... The chapter where David is passing the torch to Solomon as we move forward. And so we're going to kind of start wrapping it up here and kind of taking a look at what are the pieces that we get ready to look at as men start to pass the torch to their, to their next generation. Do they, how does succession happen and how does a man really pass on his legacy as he does that. Steve? I think from a, a Christian standpoint, you've got to be passing on your values. I think a mistake uh, fathers tend to make, mine did, and, and I try to avoid it, is applying your too much of your own day-to-day experience or life experience to uh, what, your, what your growing child, what your adult child might be going uh, through. Um, your, I know that my son's looking for a job will be very different than, than what was like for me. I can't go and tell him, this is what you have to do. There'll, there'll be certain no universal matter how much truths you try, about by the getting way. a job. <laughs> but this is what you have to do because it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't work for him. Uh, but however, you know, putting one's best foot forward, presenting, being prepared, knowing the company you're interviewing, all of those values stay in place and so that's kind of in the workplace in 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 one's spiritual life the same thing uh it's a different environment out there uh it's a different you know with friends socially sexually it's different but the uh the if they're trained up in the same va- in the values that are important honesty uh integrity um uh, prayerful life all the disciplines we talk about Chances are things will be fine. Um, you know, you can worry a bit, but I, I don't. I don't worry to the effect that they'll be somehow be led astray by the the decadent environment that's out there. Uh, there, that's that's how you can prepare in these days. You can't. You can almost. You almost prepare spiritually and in terms of values, rather than trying to direct them. I did it this way, I did it this way, I did it this way, so therefore that's the way that works. That won't necessarily work for your son or daughter. Well, and, and, and as, a, as a father with two grown children, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, two grown sons, I'm going to tell you how hard that mm-hmm. is because, so my wife and I go camping and we bought a camper this mm-hmm. past year we've talked about, 
and my wife has found the show Going RV. And my wife looked at me, and I looked at her, and I said, you know what? Cameron, my youngest son with this transitory lifestyle <laughs> right now, because he, he, well, he, he works for various football teams and their equipment, and he's still trying to land full-time. I looked at my wife, and I said, he ought to buy a travel trailer. And, and he can move it from place to place as he goes. And I actually suggested it to him, and he looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> Seriously. Friday, I'm looking for my newest campground because, uh, as you guys know, I do travel for my work, and I'm looking for a place for the pop-up uh, come October, and I'll be on the road again this year. So, you know, uh, so Cameron's just not the transient person, that uh, total transient, and, you know, but, run around with a trailer. But, but see, my, my brother did that same thing as, you know, uh, you follow the work, and he bought a trailer, and... When this dried up, he moved on to that. And uh, yeah. but it, but it, but it, it's what the point is is that's me, not him. And it's funny trying to put your and and I think there's something to that as you do that, Kyle. How how do you do that transition thing? As I think of this lesson, it's, a, it's an interesting question. But I had a couple of a couple of points. You know, in in this lesson though, with Solomon, he got handed down a huge task. You know, as we've said, and he he may or may not had all the training, and that will put a lot of anxiety on us, you know, because you have a task. You know you need to accomplish it at one point or another, somehow or another, and, well, I may not know where to even begin. I mean, even though you handed me the blueprints, I mean... For me, yeah, Dad was a builder, so I can look at the blueprints and tell you, okay, well, we should probably start here. Well, that's because it's on the first page of the blueprints. And as you flip back, the house gets built more and more, you know. But you hand that to somebody that's never looked at blueprints or never done that. You know, and I assume Solomon had seen some of the blueprints and been probably around during some of the thought processes or whatever, but still... Now I'm the one to do it. And that's a hard thing to process as far as to not let the anxiety overtake. And, you know, there, there's been times in my life, and I, I still go through them frequently, where, you know, in my business and various things cause a lot of that, a lot of anxiety, a lot of unknown. Where to start? What to do? You know, the other part that I, I really just wanted to touch on um, is being able to dive into your own gifts. I mean, obviously, he had to have some charisma. We've talked about that. He had to have some kind of the personality to have David know that he was able to do this task. But, you know, recruiting in general is a difficult task mm -hmm no matter what. There's a guy that attends our church um, fairly regularly again um, that he just has this thing. He'll walk up and he could just stick his hand on your shoulder and say, you do. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what he just told you to do. You just seem in compelled to go do whatever it was. He just has this natural charisma about him. Um, God, it's I wish that. fear. Huh? Fear. Fear. Uh, he has a, a, a little bit bigger gentleman too and so yeah he's got a size advantage on most of us um but 
you know, to, to be able to tap into that and then to recruit for God, I think is the big task. And that's what we're all tasked for when we go forward into the New Testament is to make disciples and bring God's word to all, everyone across the world. And that essentially is recruiting. And that, again, it's difficult, but it's something that we need to try and all do. Uh, you, you, I think you had asked us, Robert, how do we, how do we pass the torch to yeah. our children, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Pardon me, to our family. Uh, in this case, uh, David had a big task for Solomon to take, and that was to build the temple as well as be king. Uh, as far as my children, I don't have a law firm, and they don't want to be lawyers. So, so, <laughs> so I don't have any direction I could go there. Uh, they said, no, Dad, we don't want to go to law school. How, but how old were you when you became an, an attorney? At 30, uh, 41, 41. How, how old are your kids? Um, right now? Uh-huh. 32, uh-huh. 41, and 36, So 35. you got two of them under the age when you did. Right, so right. Uh-huh. I've encouraged them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the, the thing I want to point out here is, is and, and you show your character to your children. You, cho- you show them the character that you want them to be. Uh, we learn, most of us learn by visual as well as reading and, and being taught. And Robert, uh, you teach, I assume you have uh, vid- visuals and exhibits and things you teach with whenever you teach classes of people at your company, right? The, the, the thing that I'm thinking now is, is like, Steve made a very good point of saying this, is, says first of all, you've got to be ethical. You've got to be honest. You've got to admit your mistakes, especially to your children. If you want to pass them on on, on your uh, on your beliefs and faith in God, and to love the Lord, you've got to show them that it is beneficial to do that. If you don't make them think that going to, to church and loving the Lord is a happy thing, if you don't provide for them that this is where you find joy and you find peace, then they're not going to want to serve your God, right? They're going to look at you and they're going to look to see if you're happy. If you're content, if you handle things that are problems, if you get discouraged, that's one thing. Everybody gets discouraged one time or another, but whether you bounce back and whether or not you to live with your faith and you, you show your faith to them. Um, I, one statement, and, and sometimes this will mean different things to different people, but to me, I have to remember that I was not placed here for my own benefit. I was placed here for God's benefit, to serve his kingdom. And he wants me to do things for him. Primarily, that's why we, we put the Lord first in what we do, and then our family second. And, and I've had to tell myself that many times whenever I didn't get my way. Instead of throwing a tantrum and yelling and screaming, I just say, Lord, you must have something for me that, that I'm not aware of. What would you like to show me? Because it's real easy for us, folks, to live for ourselves. We're directed through that on the TV and media and everything and everywhere we go and most of our friends. Uh, we're to live for ourselves, but we're not. In, in reality, according to the Bible, according to Psalms, everything, we are to live here to love the Lord with all our heart and to show that to other people, to the orphans, widows, the foreigners, and, of course, to our fellow members of our church. Robert? Thank you, Mike. And 
So my my take is this: be be ready to pass the torch and understand that, as we've talked about, sometimes you've got to remember to get out while the getting's good, while you're on top, and make sure you set up everything so that when you are gone, whether you're gone at the right time or the wrong time, that you've left everything that you should have left the way it should have been left for someone. And I think that that's really one of the things David was told no, but he said every he set Solomon up for success. And so one of the things I think we need to remember as men is like Mike said, we don't know where we are when we're going to be passing, but we need to be ready to set up the person behind us and leave things set up that way so that they can come in and take it wherever it needs to go. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 213 for the absent director, Bill Cox, who is enjoying his vacation, Steve Titch, Kyle Trahan, Michael Cropper, this is Robert Koshu, reminding you and all men that you need to be in a Bible-based church and find one in particular that has a men's group. And as Bill likes to say, if there's not one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You've got answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.